Welcome to the Sam Dean Podcast, where we talk about life uncensored. Today on the show, we got Virgil Melton Jr., Vietnam vet, county commissioner, crossfitter, all-around great guy. Our show is sponsored by Van Zandt Coffee. Find the best locally roasted, best-tasting coffee. Find it at VanZantCoffee.com. They serve it at the Pony Espresso in Canton. They sell it at Southern Brew in Edgewood and Athens at Come and Take It. We're also sponsored by Protein Proletas. That's P-R-O-L-E-T-A-S.com. It's protein ice cream that we sell at both of my CrossFit gyms, CrossFit Van Zandt. And it's a great after-workout snack. Some of the some of the uh, protein proletas, the ice cream bars, have like 24 grams of protein. So, without further ado, here's Virgil Melton Jr. Thank you guys. All right, Virgil Melton Jr. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Um, you haven't listened to any of these of my show. This is show number 13, by the way. Okay. And I've had several people on, and I'm doing this podcast just to learn as much as I can uh, from people like you and people I look up to and admire. And uh, I want to thank you for being on. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so we just finished a workout at CrossFit Van Zant, and uh, Mr. Virgil just did five rounds for time. He did 35 jump ropes. He ran 200 meters. And it took him 12 minutes and three seconds. How do you like CrossFit so far? I like CrossFit. I think it's a good program, especially to stay in shape. Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, you've never, obviously never done it before. You've been doing CrossFit, though, for about a, a year, little over a year? A little over a year. <clears throat> you know, I was out for about three months due to an injury. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm back now. And you, you got injured, you were birthing a cow? Right. And uh, the cow rolled over on my hip, and so it tore, uh, tore my hip and lower back up a little bit. But I'm I'm back now. What kind of cows do you have? I have uh, Brangus and Black Angus. Yeah. Uh, Brangus is a mix between an Angus and a uh, is it a Brahma? Uh, I or? think Brahma. Yes, I yeah. think so. Brangus. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But, but I've got two types. And your black Angus are obviously black. Uh, and I got a Hereford bull yep. that I that I breed with with some with part of my cows and you get, bought, the, get the baldies, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You bought a bull from George, right? I did. I did. It's a good bull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of a lot of nice calves. I bought almost all my cows from George. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like George. He was on show. He's on the show number six. You got to listen to that one. Yeah, George is a good guy. Yeah. So you're 73 years old. Where where did you grow up? I grew up uh, here in Vincent County, just south of Canton, about six miles in the Jackson community. So where you're, you kind of live over there now. We won't specifically say where you live, but you live down there still. Yes, on the old home place. So that's where that's where you grew up as a kid. Yes. On that same land. Same land. Um, the year you were born was, what, 1947? 47. And uh, so that's during World War II, or right at the, after World War II, I guess. World War II is over in, what, 1945? 45. Somewhere in there. 1945. Yeah. 
And uh, what did you do as a kid? Well, uh, I uh, had a good time uh, around the farm. You know, we uh, we we truck farmed. You know, grew different vegetables, uh, squash, cantaloupe, tomatoes, okra, peas, and we sold them uh, at the market. Where where at the market? Uh, at uh, at the Dallas market, and then we peddled them along Highway 80 and Edgewood when when there was a lot of truck stands. Uh, produce stands mm -hmm. along that road that's what your parents did uh, my parent uh, my dad was a truck driver mm -hmm. and uh, he we farmed on the side and my mother was just a housewife and uh brothers and sisters you had a brother named brent i got another i had there were six of us in mm -hmm. her family one girl and five boys and my brother brent mm -hmm. uh, he's passed away and yeah. so is paul um and you farmed, and you helped, and you went to, the, is the Dallas yeah. Farmer's Market the same place it is now? It's the same, same place. It's changed up a little bit, but it yeah. is the same place, yes. And you played football. I did. I played football uh, from the sixth grade on through high school. When my dad talks about the football uh, at Canton, he said that there was a while there where they didn't wear any shoes playing football. Before before they had the cleats, they they went around barefoot. That is true, uh, especially in the seventh seventh grade and eighth grade. You know, mm -hmm. if you didn't didn't have any football shoes, you wore what you could. If you yeah. had no pair of tennis shoes, you just yeah. stick them on. But yeah, we we played barefooted on many occasions. So the best football team Canton ever had, nineteen sixty four, the team that you were on. Uh huh. You guys went unscored on in regular season play. That's, that's right. Take me, take me through that that what that year. Take me through that. That year we had, had some great coaches, Coach Hess and Coach Ross and Coach Oakley. Uh, we had a, a good many seniors. We had uh, enough seniors to make up two teams almost. We had. I was a junior then. We had about. Uh, eight juniors that that were on that team uh it was it was really a really a good uh, good team the guys really uh, worked hard we had a good workout plan uh and it was very structured coach s uh we you know we went through it we had spring training uh, lifting weights mm -hmm. and uh running and what kind of what kind of weightlifting <clears throat> do you remember doing back then just the whole uh, menagerie of of weights uh, uh bench pressing mm -hmm. uh, uh jerk you know uh, pressing uh, weights yep. over your head uh all kinds of squats with weights uh everything uh, that pretty much we do now yeah we 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 did back then a lot of bench press uh, he he really wanted to focus in on bench pressing and and we did that. Bench press is good for football players, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Who was the quarterback? Uh, Mike Chambliss was a quarterback. He was my chemistry teacher. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Chambliss. Well, Mike's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was a quarterback. Uh, Ricky Ray was a backup quarterback. He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer in, mm -hmm. in town now. 
And uh, Ronnie Roberts on the team? Ronnie Roberts was on the team, yeah. Kurt Roberts' dad? Yeah. So why do you think you were such a good group? Why do you think you went unscored on? What was the? I think just uh, the camaraderie that we had. Uh, we were uh, we were really uh, pointed uh, in the right direction by by Coach Hess and, and Coach Ross, and I, I really think that was uh, the main main reason we were dedicated. Uh, they told us what we could do, and and we did it. And I think some of us at first didn't really think we was going to have that good of a team uh, because we hadn't had a contest with anybody. Our first football game was with Sigaville, and uh, we were a little worried, but we were very prepared. I, I guess more prepared than I could ever imagine being. Mm -hmm. And we we beat Sigaville pretty good, and right then we knew that we knew that we we had an yeah. all star team. We knew that we had the all-star team. Where was the high school stadium at? Where did y'all play in Canton? We played uh, where the old ag building is, uh, the one off of Big Rock. That's yeah, so that field, that pra that junior high practice junior field high right practice. right there, that's where y'all played all your played games. all our games. You know, they, wow. they had the stands there, and uh, that's all our games right there at that old field. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So you played Seagaville. Who else did you play? Seagaville was probably a, a bigger school than Canton, yes, even then. Even then, yeah. And we played all the local teams: uh, Van, Grantsaline, Wills Point, uh, Chapel Hill. Uh, th that was in our district. And Kaufman. You know, we we played Kaufman for the the district champs in Kaufman and beat them and beat them. Can't remember what score. Maybe it was seventeen to nothing. But uh, they was they were touted as going to win yeah. the, the the district, and we come out and just just beat them. Was the field goal? Uh, sometimes when I watch old football, the field goal post is at the front of the touchdown. It's not at the back like it is now. It was it is was it, was y'all at the front or the back of the end zone? Ours was at the front. I believe was yeah. at the front of them. I I could go look at those old the field goals are still there uh, yeah. on one end. Uh, the field goal is. I guess I could go look, but I, I believe they were at the front. Yeah, I guess they changed that. When so I guess enough people ran into it. Um, they moved it back. Moved so. it back. Who was the big rival for Canton Eagles back in 1964? Van. 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 Van and Kaufman. Mm -hmm. they, they, they were the biggest rivals. But. Van's pretty much unchanged. That's, yeah. That was our rival too, yeah. I, or Will's Point. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah Van came over and. and uh, we beat them solid at, at home. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we just got with it. Uh, had a good plan. Everybody knew what to do. I mean, there was no mm -hmm. question. You were coached well, and you knew what play to, that you were going to play and, and where you were going to block, who you were going to cover. The whole ramification of, of the team, everybody knew exactly what they were supposed to do. What position did you play? Uh, my junior year, I played uh, uh, defensive uh, end mm -hmm. and uh, offensive end. You're a big guy. How how tall are you? I'm six foot. I'm six foot five. Six five. How tall were you back then? Well, I was I was about six four, six five, but I I just weighed. I was skinny. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any. 
I think I weighed soaking wet 145 pounds. Yeah. I, I was very, very skinny. Uh, and how many players did y'all have on a team? I mean, you played both ways. Did you play on offense and defense every, every we, snap? We had or? so many teams. We mm -hmm. had so many players, rather. Uh, you know, we had an A team and a B team. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the uh, A team would go in and play, you know, and they'd make a score or two. And then, the, and then the B team would go in and rest the A team. We'd make a few plays. We'd make a score and back and forth. That's how many players mm -hmm. we had. So y'all went unscored on in the regular season, one district. Then you had one playoff game. You had two playoff games. The first one. First one was Cooper. Cooper. At Cooper. And you beat. At, well, at, uh, yeah. Cooper Lake. Is that what you're talking about? No, yeah. Cooper uh, you know, uh, passed uh, the Commerce. Okay. Little town called Cooper. And you beat them. We beat them. But they scored on us. They That's scored the on you. the first team to score on us. To ever score yeah. on you. Yeah. And uh, then you played Atlanta. We played Atlanta. That's right. What yeah. happened in that game? Well, uh, I'll tell you. Uh, we had so well, – they beat us. Mm -hmm. uh, I think six to nothing was what the score was. But we had so many injures, injuries that, you know, we didn't – we couldn't feel uh, – a, a whole team like it should have been. We, we really uh, uh, had everybody been a one and up to up to snuff. Then I think really we could have we could have beat uh, Atlanta. But I really the, the reason we lost is we just had so many players out. You know, it was going yeah. on into the season and had a lot of colds and flu and and I was out. Mm -hmm. uh, but. Uh, we could have beat them. It's yeah. just we, we, we just had too many players. Didn't have any uh, good subs. We could come in. If, if you ought to won that game. Atlanta, did they go on to win the state I'm championship? Sure. I'm not sure where Atlanta went. They <laughs> went on. They I think they beat the next team or two. I'm not sure if mm -hmm. they went all the way to state. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad situation. You know, we just had too many people yeah. sick and out. Then – when I was a freshman and, and Chase, your nephew, was a sophomore, we, yeah. went to, we went to playoffs and we went to Alvarado. We played Alvarado like in somewhere in Dallas, and they whipped up on us pretty good. That's the only time I ever went to the play <laughs> playoffs. We definitely weren't unscored on, though. Um, so you had, then you had your senior year. At senior, I've changed to a, a middle linebacker and safety. Mm -hmm. I played safety and I played offensive end uh, on offense. Okay. And then you graduated high school. Right. And now it's 1965. Tell, take me through what, what, what you went through then. What, did you? Uh, right after high school, mm -hmm. I, went, I went to uh, – I did a semester of college at Henderson County Junior College. Okay. And then uh, in uh, – Which is now Trinity Valley. Which is now Trinity mm -hmm. Valley. And then uh, that that December or that January, I didn't I didn't go back. I enlisted in the Marine Corps in February of uh, sixty. Uh, what about sixty-seven, sixty-six, sixty-seven? Why did you Why did you join the Marines? You know, uh, 
first of all, my dad was a Marine, and he was in the first wave of Marines to go ashore at Okinawa. But I, that, that really didn't, my dad never talked about much about his military career. And I just, uh, just kind of looked around and, and seen what the other uh, military, uh, the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force, mm -hmm. see what they had to offer. I thought, well, you know what? Uh, I had been reading, I was an avid reader, and I'd read a lot of newspaper about uh, our men and, and troops being killed in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And that touched me. I thought, you know, I thought, how am I any better, you know, than, than they are? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a bit, and I need, to, I need to do my part, too. So I, I decided if, you know, if I'm going to go into combat, you know, I felt like I wanted to be trained by one of the best, militaries uh, around and and so I, I went I went to Marine Corps yeah and you're physically able you're strong you're young why why somebody else why not you and that um, you want to be a part of the best unit too the Marines are a very esteemed uh, group group of individuals so you enlisted where where'd you enlist at in you... I, I enlisted in Dallas in Dallas yes how you? When did you? When did you ship off to the basic training? Uh, I went in May, first of May. Of uh, that's when I shipped off to uh, boot camp. So where? So you had to go to Dallas. I went to Dallas. We uh, there was a uh, several other recruits there. Uh, one of one of my best friends that we that stayed together all through Vietnam was Eddie Myers. He was from Athens. I didn't know him at the time, mm -hmm. but uh, we went to. There's about five of us. Took a plane uh, out to uh, San Diego. And How, let me stop you. How'd you get to Dallas from Canton? My dad took me to Dallas the morning I needed to go. Yeah. And he would he, he drive you up there? He and drove me up there and shook my hand, said good luck. Yeah. And was he on his pickup truck or something? Yeah. What kind of what kind of truck was it? No Chevrolet, old blue and uh, old blue and uh, white Chevrolet. Yeah. Shook your hand, said good luck. Yeah. When did they start yelling at you? The minute we got off the plane, there mm -hmm. was a uh, there was a drill instructor there, and uh, of course we somebody had to carry the package from uh, from Dallas up there, you know, and. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got nominated to carry the little package. I went up there, did it up. Said, uh, I said, Sarge, here's this. Boy, he jumped all over <laughs> us, you know. <laughs> he, you know, <laughs> he, he got us at attention up against the air, the airport wall. So we're standing there, and he was chewing our butts, you know. You don't ever talk to me like that. The first word out of your mouth is sir, and the last word out of your mouth is sir. <laughs> I thought, man, oh, what have I got myself into? <laughs> <clears throat> and, uh, so, no kidding, the five of us, he marched us out of the airport, you know, uh, 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 like that. <laughs> Everybody was looking around, you know, what the heck's going on, you know, the people, uh, the civilians. And so we marched out in front of the airport and stood at attention there. We stood at attention there for four to six hours as other planes came in 
and unloaded their recruits uh, to form the platoon, uh, uh, our, our company there, you know. Yeah. And uh, all this time, there's about three drilling structures there. They're screaming. I mean, you just screaming it <laughs> and slapping you around and pushing you. And uh, <laughs> some of these guys were not, they they didn't take kindly to that. And boy, yeah. they got it, you know. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. They, 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 uh, somebody said something. Well, the Geneva Convention says, you know, <laughs> slap him around there and told him to get it right in his face, get an attention. And, and we stayed there for, I don't know, four to six hours. Finally, a, a, one of those cattle trucks, what I call, came up, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, they let down the, the uh, gate there to get in the truck. And the drill instructor says, you know, the last one in this truck's gonna get my foot up his ass <laughs> and i'm telling you what we about killed each other trying to, trying to get in that truck i mean it was something else uh, anyway we got in it and we made our way around the truck and and i i remember uh, it it didn't have a top to it and i looked up and we went through this railroad track and it says uh, United States Recruit, Marine Corps Recruit Depot, and I said, "Oh boy, here we are." Yeah. And and uh, they had yellow footprints mm -hmm. on this on this drill field where where you had to. He said, "Now I want everybody to get out and get them a, a yellow foot footprint and stand on that." You know, of course, he was screaming left and right. So we were knocking each other down, pushing each other around, trying to get our feet on those yellow footprints. You know. And then uh, they were screaming, you know, get them eyes straight ahead. Don't be eye-blinking this area, you know. And yeah. uh, they'd come up and slap the back of your head. Quit eye, you know, quit eyeing this thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the first thing we did is uh, we got a haircut. We lined up, got a haircut. We were just right in our Zoom, got down to bald. You know, we were all bald. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Myers, my friend, uh, he had hair down to his shoulders of course i had some long hair but he had hair down to his shoulders i, I didn't recognize him for three weeks you know because <laughs> no, you know yeah. you don't recognize yourself. right uh, finally i said eddie yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah then then, uh, then after that we uh all got into a barracks and got lined up in a row two sides and this little drill instructor come out and says anybody here thinking gonna whoop my whoop my ass and nobody said a word he says if you do you just come on back here to this back room and we'll see it you know and nobody said a thing yeah. uh oh he was a smart <laughs> so then we we stripped naked everybody stripped naked put our clothes we had on in a box yeah. and mail and put an address on them and left them there to be mailed back home didn't yeah. have a, didn't have nothing we're naked and then we all got in this shower i'm not i'm not kidding you there's a shower about as big as this room mm -hmm. and, and about 40 or 50 people the whole got in there and it was trying to and he said i don't want anybody talking of course somebody's got to be a smart butt yeah. and say something <laughs> so <laughs> So I told you, and you know they're cussing all the time. Yeah, F, I mean, F this, uh, yeah, F, yeah, F, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he says, "Get out on that floor!" And he come in there, and turn the hot water on on all those showers. And yeah. boy, you talking about moving around? I had a butt <laughs> in my face, and 
you know, <laughs> we were squirming around trying to get that hot water off of us, you yeah. know. <laughs> Finally, we got out of that, got got our skivvies, got issued some skivvies and uniforms and, and, and stuff like that, and and got got to the barracks, and we had these, uh, everybody had a, a, a little billet box, it was a footlocker, mm-hmm. and a lock on it, you know, and uh, you know, he'd give us, uh, the combination was on the back. After we, we had to memorize that combination because they tore it off the minute. If you didn't memorize it, you was in trouble. Yeah. So uh, we we got in there, and, and then he, you know, everybody get out on the road, you know. Then Billy said he had to farm out on this little road, and everybody get in there. You're not fast enough. He runs back in there and get out again, you know. Mm-hmm. You're not fast enough. Get out in there. And then uh, – we did that for about uh, three days, you know, trying to get. I didn't know what was going on for about a week, yeah. but but about the fourth day, you know, he got in there and he, he had us to change into something in our uh, footlocker. And then about the time we were changed, he said, "Get out on the road." We got out on the road, and all the drift structures went in there and emptied our our, our footlockers out in one pile. So our clothes. Hell, no, nobody knew what clothes. We were just, you know, get in there and get your clothes in that box. And we were, <laughs> I think I had some some uh, uh, dungarees that that were about five sizes bigger than me that I wore for about a, about three weeks until we figured out who we exchanged yeah. clothes. <laughs> but that that was a, a, an experience. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, you know, I went through similar to that, not um, not anything compared to that, but similar, you know, when I got to West Point in, in 2002, we had the foot lockers, we had the uniform changes, we had everything just like that, the haircut, yeah. you know, yeah. they they, yeah. Do, they put you through the same mind games. That's right. Of course, they're probably a lot more physical on you back then. I remember one of my friends, Jonathan Rhodes, who's from Houston, he walked by and we were supposed to be at attention and I I said, Rhodes and they heard me and they put me on the wall holding in a squat position, mm-hmm. holding my rucksack out in front yeah. all day until I fell out. Yeah. Until yeah. I, I shook so bad I could anyway. Yeah. Um Man, there's nothing like military. First it, the first uh, taste of the military. The the one of the worst parts was was we weren't too far from the airport. You could see those planes going out. And you think, yeah. "Boy, I wish I was on what in the what in the hell am I doing here?" You know. <laughs> yeah. I've made it, the wrong it, decision. I, yeah. I guess it was like if I'd ever been uh, in a in a prison or something. It was kind of mm-hmm. like that. You know, yeah. you were there. You you had your four years to do, and you might as well get ready and do it. Yeah. So. Uh, but they, it was, you know how it goes. Boot camp was pretty intense, mm-hmm. pretty intense. And the Marines, that's, there's no more intense than joining the Marines. That's, that's uh, probably the hardest one. George, George Berg, if you listen to his podcast, he says first day he got there, he, he, dropped, his, he dropped his duffel bag to the ground, didn't mm-hmm. think they would mind. And then he picked it back up real quick. He didn't think anybody saw him. He said the drill instructor came over there and just punched him right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way it was back then. Yeah. You know, they slap you around and hit you, and, and some of them got just little what sticks, swat sticks, you know. Mm-hmm. Boy, they'd pop you on the head with that real, real quick. Uh, get your attention, I Get guess. your attention. Yeah, get your attention. It was. But that, you know, doing that, it makes you part of a unit, you know, and it makes you listen yeah. to 
That's right. It makes you listen to details. Absolutely. And a lot of people, when you tell them something, and and I'm the same way sometimes, but the details are in the instruction. And mm-hmm. if you listen clearly, you know exactly what to do. And it, it, yeah. when it comes down to it, which we're about to talk about, that comes into play. And it's very important to get the order right the yeah. first time right. and not to hesitate. Yeah. So after your boot camp, your basic training, what you now you had to go to specialty training. Yeah, we went special training. One more thing in boot camp that, okay. that I thought that was interesting is is every day when we went to Chow, there was a mirror there at the at the uh, before at the entrance of the the Chow Hall, and you had to give a salute, and it had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't perfect, you got down, you did some push-ups, and it was a drill instructor there every day that made sure you were you saluted perfectly. Once we got in, now another thing, there was these long benches on both sides of a table. If you when you didn't just get down and sit in, they told you when to sit down. And if your butt, if all your butts didn't hit at the same time on that bench, you got up and did it again until your butts hit. Yeah. And about the third time, if your your butts didn't hit, then you were out. You didn't get no. Didn't eat. No chow, but. <laughs> how much but, How much weight did you think you lost during the basic You know, I, I didn't have a whole lot to weight, uh, gain, uh, but uh, to lose, rather, but uh, I actually picked up a few pounds. Uh, I, I, it was probably muscle. Yeah. But I, I from picked up. From all the push-ups yeah, and from, squats. From squats and push-ups and chin-ups. Uh, I, I picked up, I got pretty lean and mean. Yeah, and I and you know the thing is, I I was in great shape when I went in, mm-hmm. but still, yeah, you, they they tear you down, they yeah. tear you down and and build you back up. And they, yeah, and they, <clears throat> I mean, I lost. I think I lost twenty pounds because I was eating junk food. Yeah, you know, of course, you didn't have much junk food when you were when you were yeah. little, but um, pokey bait. They yeah. Uh, <laughs> They, you know, running everywhere, everywhere you went, you ran oh, yeah. in push-ups all the time. And I, and I yeah. in basic training, and it was in New York, but it was, it was summertime. I mean, I, I was just constantly sweating, mm-hmm. sweat the entire time, yeah. sweating through my clothes. And, um, the, uh, there's one time that, that, that the drill instructor, uh, out on the, the grinder where we, uh, we marched and, and done formations, all that thing. We were we had our M14s. Well, we had M1s. Mm-hmm. Then we trained with, and there's a there's a movement where you stand at attention. You bring the gun to ready fire, and then you fire, and the the firing pin goes home. And every, and you see a there's a uniformity click throughout the platoon. Mm-hmm. Everybody fires at the same time. Yeah. Well. This particular one time, I didn't get it on time, so I didn't pull the trigger. So the drill instructor went down the row and checked every, every trigger, and he came to me. I knew it, and he pulled it, and it fired. Yeah. And and then he pulled the boat back, pulled it, and put my finger in there and shut it. Down. My whole <laughs> finger was was bleeding. Man. But anyway, I got it. my MOS out of boot camp was eighteen eleven. That's track vehicles. Yeah. And Eddie and I, Eddie Myers and I, got the same uh, MOS. So you're in San Diego during basic training. Did you stay there for for tank training? Or? No. Immediately after boot camp, we shipped out. I mean, it was 
we graduated from boot camp and the next day we were gone. We went up to, uh, uh, well, first of all, we had to go to infantry training. Yeah. Every Marine has to do mm -hmm. infantry. And so we went to Camp Pendleton for that. And uh, we, we went through about, uh, I don't know, maybe five weeks of infantry training, which was, it wasn't as bad as boot camp, but yeah. still it was pretty yeah. bad. You still got screamed at and everything. So after we graduated from infantry, uh, if you got 0311, which I, I think didn't. That's, uh, that's George. George, yeah. have, I think yeah. he got that. I think you got to stay an extra a week or two. Uh, you go into some advanced, advanced yeah. training to be uh, infantry, 0311s do. But since I had 1811, well, we shipped out to Oceanside, California mm -hmm. to do our uh, training there, uh, to our, do our training. Uh, Tank training. We I, actually, we didn't. I didn't know whether I was going to go into Amtrak's or tanks. Mm -hmm. And the next day after we Eddie and I got there, <clears throat> they brought us out, had us in line, and and they were giving us our MOS. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Eddie and I got to talking and. It was much easier than you could kind of whisper, and, and, and but we decided. I said, Eddie, we need to get in tanks. And Eddie said, Yeah, said, let's get in tanks. Let's get in tanks. And so on down the line, we figured out how they were assigning MOSs. You know, one Marine get eighteen and eleven, another Marine get get eighteen twenty four Amtrak's, eighteen eleven tanks, eighteen. And so we figured out got in line, you know, where we could get spaced out spaced out to yeah. get tanks. And sure enough, we got both got <laughs> tanks. <laughs> Eddie got me into trouble sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> but we got in tank school I not too long after that. you know, you gotta do mess duty. You're mm -hmm. gonna have mess duty no matter every new assignment you're gonna do thirty days of mess duty. And uh, we did thirty days of mess duty there and then we started school. And the first day of school, this old rough gunnery sergeant come in and says, you know what? I says, he says, you know what? Says, you men don't realize how God's blessed you to give this 1811 to. And I thought, oh, you don't know what the heck you're talking yeah. about, you know. Uh, and he give give us a little up what tanks were and everything. And then. Tank school, you know, is pretty interesting. You mm -hmm. know, you learn uh, every, every part of a tank. Uh, drive, uh, uh, you learn driving, loading, uh, the gun, uh, how the machinery, how the uh, uh, artillery, how the 90 millimeter works, all the all the, the 50 caliber, the 30 caliber. You go through every bit of that. How the engine works. Uh, what was the tank? What what tank were you on? It was an M48 A3. M48. It was, so it was a World War II tank still. Was it? it was a, a modified, it was a diesel. I okay. Think, and so it was, a, it was an M48A3. It was the old Sherman pretty much. Yeah. Uh, revamped a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it fired a 90 millimeter round. Uh, and it actually had 30 caliber uh, coax machine gun and then a 50 caliber up top where the tank commander was. So uh, we went through tank school. And graduated tank school, and then, uh, man, I was I was off. I came home, I came home for uh, a week, mm -hmm. and then uh, I was off. I was off to uh, Vietnam. Uh, 
the the tank uh, you have a you have a, a driver <clears throat> you have a driver up front mm-hmm. and he's got his little he's got his little hatch that he's in right. and in the back you've got a guy that he's a loader he uh-huh. loads right and then you have the tank commander mm-hmm. and you can have a gunner too we so, did so you have four people we have four people on a tank on a tank uh, yeah a gunner a loader uh, a driver and a tank commander came back home for a week and then you shipped off to Vietnam. Yeah, actually, I came home before school, mm-hmm. so I never, uh, uh, before I went to, after infantry training, I, we all got uh, leave to go home, and then I came back to the school, mm-hmm. and uh, went to school then, then after school, we got orders to go to Vietnam, and they, they didn't mess around, we, we, uh, I, I arrived in Vietnam in November of 67. November of 67, <laughs> take me through how you got to Vietnam, how'd you get there? We all, uh, we loaded up on a, on a plane at El Toro. It's no longer there anymore, but it was a marine uh, aviation base in California called El Toro. We loaded up from there and they uh, shipped us out in a plane and we stopped in Okinawa to, to refuel and then right on to, uh, we came in to Da Nang. You stopped in Okinawa where your dad yeah. In World War Two, mm-hmm. invaded on the beach, and then you went to Da Nang, which is the biggest military airfield in Vietnam. It was, with the exception of Saigon. Yeah, you know, Saigon was a bit big, but. So what was Vietnam like when you got off the plane? Well, you 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 never know what to expect. You know, you don't know whether you know you're going to get a, attacked or what's going to happen right when you land. But we land, and it was. Pretty much normal business in Da Nang. I mean, everyone, they had infantry units there, and they walked the perimeter and all that. But we uh, we uh, got signed in to uh, where we needed to go and got our billets assigned, and we slept that day. And the next day, they called us out and then uh, sent us up to, uh, we took a truck, a convoy, up to Kim uh, to... Uh, Oh, my brain's gone nutty here. Uh, well, we we took we took a mm-hmm. we took we did take a uh, convoy up uh, to Camlo, uh, and uh, that's where our battalion was at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, all unloaded. Most of the people that went up there were tankers. I guess they was probably about. Fifteen of us mm-hmm. that had a tank uh, MOSs, and they un we, we got unloaded there uh, and got our tents. We stayed in there, and uh, we next morning we had meetings. Uh, the uh, sergeant major came out and you know introduced himself and said, you know, you're going to be going up to your you're going to be assigned your tank platoons in the next couple of weeks and you'll be going up to your tank platoons and then in the meantime we did some training there we did some uh, uh we we learned how to shoot our 45 calibers all tankers are issued a 40 a 45 pistol pistol yeah. and we uh shot that uh then we uh we had to do uh, some infantry we were we were assigned to a grunt unit for about two weeks 
because they didn't have enough infantry to patrol the perimeter. So mm -hmm. we we had to our, our our night shift. We had the night shift. So we we got up, uh, got ready about 5:30, and we went out into the uh, the jungle and and the villages. There's some villages around there, and, mm -hmm. and we we had to walk uh, and and set up. We set up on a couple of ambushes. But we did that for a couple of weeks. But finally, they they called us in and they assigned us to uh, to our platoons. And uh, the gunny assigned us says, "Well, where do you guys want to go? Where the action is, you know, old gunny, you know." <laughs> and, and old Eddie says, "Old Eddie popped off says, yeah, me and me and uh, uh, me and Melton want to go to the hot spot. We want to go where the action is." And the gunny says, "Well, you got it." Oh, and I said, Eddie, what? Yeah, I said, yeah. Eddie was getting me into trouble. Yeah. <clears throat> so Eddie and I, <clears throat> excuse me, Eddie and I, we got assigned to uh, Alpha Company, mm -hmm. uh, First Platoon, and at, right, right then, First Platoon was at uh, the uh, uh, place called the Washout, and. Uh, it was uh, there was uh, it was right up on the DMZ, and when we got there, uh, they needed two people. Uh, that two people had rotated out, so uh, Eddie uh, Eddie became the driver, and I became the loader. I mean, not the uh, uh, the gunner. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did several little operations around the perimeter with with the uh, grunts there, and then right before. Uh, that was in, uh, I guess, uh, that was in early December. We we got assigned to Contien, which is the furthest most outpost along the DMZ. And we spent, I spent Christmas uh, there at at the D at Contien on the DMZ. Several operations around uh, around that area uh, that we that we did. Y'all drive your tanks out and uh, just do <clears throat> just patrols with the tanks. Mm -hmm. Well, well, we we didn't do specific patrols with our tanks until later on, until those operations we had with the NVA. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the uh, South, Vietnamese. South Vietnamese Army. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but right then we always worked with a Marine company. Yeah. Uh, we we were assigned to a Marine company, and we we backed them up. Yeah. The. Um the combat that you experienced, uh, you wrote you wrote a history article, Breakfast at Ben High, that's on the internet. Mm -hmm. Breakfast at Ben High, B-E-N-H-A-I. You can Google it and you'll pull it up, and it's a it's a story about uh, a, a mission that Virg Mr. Virgil was on. Can you take me through that? Sure. Yeah, we were uh, we were back down at Charlie Two then, uh, and uh, the uh, that was uh, that was a third outpost from the DMZ. You know, you had mm -hmm. Contien, Washout, and Charlie Two. Uh, we were Charlie Two then, and we were we were uh, supporting uh, the Ninth Marines there. I believe that's who that was there at that time. But uh, word came in that we had a mission that we were going on, know anything other than that, and give us instructions where to go. 
it was first platoon and fourth platoon. So fourth platoon was at Cam Low then, and so we we went, got in our tanks and uh, that morning and drove across uh, uh, the Cam Low River. I had, we had to forge that, and then up the coastline to uh, to uh, Geolian. And that was an outpost right there on the uh, right there on the uh, coast mm -hmm. of the China Sea, and so we got there <clears throat> that evening, and we were told we had a meeting. We were told what we were going to do. It was going to kind of be a recon mission, and it just is going to involve two platoons of tanks and and a, a battalion or two of the uh, the uh, Arvins. Yeah. Uh, and they they were going to be in track vehicles, those personnel carriers. They were going to be in that, and we were just going to be. Uh, of course, we were going in our tanks. So about uh, it must have been about I don't know four o'clock in the oh four hundred that that morning. We all got up, got our gear, got ready, and and we took out uh, up the uh, the coast of the China Sea north towards North Vietnam. Uh, Captain Patterson was 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 on my tank then. He was a he was a company commander, and I slid into the loader's position, and uh, we were the uh, front tank, with we the front tank, and we we slowly uh, made our way up until uh, we we got pretty close to the Ben Ha River, which is actually the the dividing line. From from is is in between the DMZs, uh, the DMZ zone. Then we uh, we drifted off to the left, uh, and we took uh, we took this ridge line, and we all went across this ridge line, and uh, that was about daybreak when where we could finally see what we we were doing, because we we took it slow going up that uh, China China Sea because uh, of tank mines because they did there were tank mines up there and is it all sandy at this it's all point? sandy <clears throat> even the ridge is sandy so we uh, about daybreak we got up there and and boy right off you could smell you could smell cooking you knew you could smell that food mm -hmm. they were eating breakfast or they were cooking and uh, uh, we we lined up along this ridge because we we had a good position to look down in the in the valley and it, and we were looking down look something like an old plantation like uh, and out on this plantation there was probably a battalion of NVA that were eating chow eating breakfast eating breakfast camped out camped out and uh, immediately. Uh, we started unloading with 90 millimeter rounds, and all the other tanks began firing. We had 14 tanks that were firing high explosive rounds into the uh, NVA, into the encampment. We they had some little uh, minor, uh, them little uh, track, uh, not track, but wheeled artillery pieces. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we knocked them out. We knocked all that stuff out. Uh, we knocked their uh, mortar positions out, so they couldn't really get. Any anything off to, uh, to us? They they did <clears throat> they did start firing some rockets and some rockets hit our tanks and stuff. We had uh, a lot of uh, damage to our tanks. 
the outside of the tanks, the mm -hmm. racks, the, the lights, and that sort of thing. So uh, a battalion is, is four <laughs> companies worth of, of people. Mm -hmm. We're talking 400. It was 400, 500 uh, uh, plus uh, NVA out there. Wow. And we really started, uh, we started, uh, they started taking some horrible casualties because yeah. we just, I mean, we were firing 90 millimeter rounds, we were firing our machine guns. And then uh, Captain Patterson ordered the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, Arvins, yep. you know, the South Vietnamese Army, mm -hmm. uh, to uh, flank them uh, and drive them uh, east. So, uh, they got flanked, and they got cut off. And I mean, it was they started running, and, and they were being mowed down. Uh, uh, so he was you know, trying to push them towards the sea. Yeah, that's right. They were running towards the sea, and 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 of course they were firing. They had some machine gun positions uh, that that we traded shots and machine guns and what have you. But uh, we uh, we mostly knocked them out with those ninety millimeters, uh, and and. That evening, we after we after we had uh, cleared all that, and we went on up to uh, close to the Ben Hanna River, and we took out some boats and some trucks mm -hmm. on the Ben Hanna River. We we it was that late that evening, close to dark, and Captain Patterson, we got to get out of here, and we got back over the ridge and took pretty much the same tracks back. back. Even if, even though we took a track back, we had one tank hit a mine, and it was a it was a disabling kind of mine where it just disabled the track. Mm -hmm. But we got that fixed like that. You know, we had extra track attached to our our tank, and uh, we got that fixed, and and we come on back in. And so, you guys were on a patrol, mm -hmm. but you obviously surprised to see that many enemy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And they're surprised. You oh, cut yeah, them completely surprised. by surprise. Absolutely. With their pants down. And how does how did it feel? Uh, I was in combat a little bit, nothing at all compared to that. <laughs> but how did it feel when you first saw that uh, and you're in that loader position in the tank? What did Captain Patterson say? What went on in that? What well, Captain Patterson uh, was, was pretty – he was pretty green. That was his first deal. So he kind of let me take over mm -hmm. and run the operation. Uh, you know, going back to Jillian, and it was really, since it was a reconnaissance mission and what have you, we did capture one NVA, uh, Eddie did, on his tank, and, and we blindfolded him and, and took him back to the Jillian, to, to the headquarters. And, of course, they took him in and interrogated him as to what was going on up there. Did you ever find out what in what uh, NVA unit that was that you destroyed? I never found out what NVA unit, but we did find out later that they had underground, com we were on top of underground complexes. Yeah. Uh, that's how well they were built in, and, and, and uh, they had tunnels uh, under that sand that were pretty deep that were built up, and... We did find out that that they had a tunnel system all over that area that we were we were actually on with 54 tons of tanks and never never collapsed. Never collapsed. <laughs> wow, yeah. man, I can't imagine that. It's that's crazy. Coming up just in the morning, daybreak, 400. Yeah, camped out. I mean, 
I was making a joke about it the other day, you know, the Battle of San Jacinto where Sam Houston came up on Santa Ana was kind of the, similar to what mm-hmm. what that was. Yeah. Um, and y'all were just there and, and, and made it happen. And, and you didn't lose one. Not one casualty. Not one casualty. Uh, just uh, uh, we sustained uh, a good bit of damage to our tanks, you know, the, the big lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's attached to the tanks. They were knocked out. Some of them were knocked out. And, uh, we got uh, hit. Actually, we got a few RPGs, but they were in the front of the tank. They couldn't penetrate the the interior of the tank. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the RPG, you get a side shot on it, you're gone. Yeah. But uh, they were... Uh, we we were blessed uh, to to not have any cash. We couldn't believe after we got back and everybody started talking about. It, we couldn't believe what we'd just done. Gone really. through. Yeah. Are you? Is Eddie still alive? No, Eddie passed away uh, three years ago. Three years. Did y'all stay close after all those we years? We did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie was a good man. Yeah. Yeah. Well. He uh, he did capture he, his tank. Went right. Uh, he seen this NVA out there, and they went right for that NVA. Since some bushes in the NVA come out like that, and he got him and, and blindfolded him and, and mm-hmm. took him on in. But uh, so what uh, is there anything else in your Vietnam? How 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 long were you in Vietnam total? Twenty-one months. Twenty-one months. Yeah, there was more operations, you know. Yeah. I, I I did get wounded in Vietnam, and but uh, where'd you get wounded? Well, I got wounded uh, in March. This this was all this operation with uh, Lamson two fifty was in uh, August of sixty-eight, uh, and. Uh, we had several other operations. Then we then I, we were at uh, Charlie Two again, and we were supporting. I think the the Ninth Marines were up there. We, su- we were supporting them, and uh, very hilly out there uh, west of of Charlie Two. But we were out there doing the best we could to negotiate and help help the Marines. And the Marines uh, they uh, were on this ridge. And they were taking, all of a sudden, they were taking heavy fire from the adjacent ridge. And uh, they were, uh, I won't say pinned down, but they were get, they were digging in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were digging in uh, with, with, with shovels and everything else. And we were out there. We got a call that they needed help. They needed support. <clears throat> so I was the lead take out there, so... Uh, our lieutenant, uh, uh, Lieutenant Paul, he told me to go ahead and see if you can get up there to support him. Well, I had to go across a gully creek to get to this ridge, and uh, I tell you, I almost got stuck uh, because I couldn't make it the first time. I backed up real fast and hit it again mm-hmm. and made it through the, the, the water and the slush to get to climb this ridge. And I was climbing this ridge, and it was dark. I mean, you couldn't see you couldn't see your hand in front of you. It's when it got dark in Vietnam. It got dark, and uh, 
So uh, we were slowly going up this ridge, this hill, and, and I knew that there were some grunts dug in. I didn't want to, my tank to run over the grunts. So I got out of the tank, and, and I, my, my uh, tank driver then was uh, a, a little guy, a little Italian. He was, uh, his last name was F uh, Fox, Bruce Fox, but we called him Foxy. You know, everybody has a has a name. Everybody has a different name, and yeah. you don't call anybody uh, by their name. You know. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, I grabbed uh, Foxy's hand, and I said, "Now, Foxy, just slowly let's ease up this hill, and we'll try to look the best we can, make sure we don't run over any grunts." So Foxy, oh yeah, okay, let's be careful, you know. And he was all nervous, and so I had his hand, and we were slowly easing up this hill, slowly easing up this hill. We almost made it. We had, we had fired a couple of shots, uh, nine millimeters, before I got out of the tank into the ridge, but you couldn't get a good shot from where we were at, you know, and, yeah. and the best shot would have been right at the top of that, that ridge, the side of that ridge. So that's where we were heading, and we as, and I was going on up this ridge. We had seen some grunts that were dug in, you know, to the left and to the right, but we got on up almost to the top and then there was this kind of this bare place uh close to the top and i was thinking man i don't know this is this is suspicious you know but I, uh, anyway we drove over this bare place and my left track hit a mine mm -hmm. and of course when it did i was on the ground uh and and it blew me uh i don't know 20 25 foot in the air and, and I, I was unconscious and uh, the corpsman came over and, and, and kind of shook me around and said, you know, he seen I was hit, uh, my eardrum was busting, I had a bunch of shrapnel wounds on my head, back, butt, you know, and, and he got me all dressed up and says, we're gonna call it, we're gonna medevac you out of here. And so they, they called in a chopper and medevac me out that night, so. All right. And then uh, you had a. Did you get healed and come back, or I did. Uh, I went to. They medevaced me to uh, Quang Tree, the Quang Tree Hospital there, and uh, they got all the the shrapnel out that they could. I still got still some, got some still in my head, but they they dug all that out and and wrapped me all up, and I spent about. I want to say two or three days there, and then they they shipped me out to the USS Sanctuary to look at my ear, my ear. Uh, they had been blowing out. They had specialists out there, and I got out there and I spent about three days on the USS Sanctuary, and then they shipped me back to Dong Ha at a makeshift hospital there, and I spent about I don't know I spent about twenty days, twenty five days in that area and getting well and, and the corpsman, you know, doctor my wounds and what have you. And uh, I, I, the, the company commander says, you know, you, we're going to send you home if you want to go home because, you know, but if you want to stay, you can stay. And I said, you know what, I just, we were short men in our, in our platoon. And I mm -hmm. said, I just seem to stay and, and I'll stay till the end of my tour. And, they shipped me back up to uh, to my uh, platoon, which was at uh, 
at that time we were we were still at Charlie too. Yeah. So. And then how many more months before you got home? Well, that was I got back to I got wounded in March. And April, I spent April in the hospital. May, about about the middle of May, I got back to my unit. Then in August one, I left Vietnam. 1968? 68. Uh, 69. 69. Came back home. What was it like uh, c- coming back home? Well, <clears throat> you know, I really didn't get to stay. I, I, uh, my my uh, company, Captain, Captain Patterson, said, you know, you'd, you'd probably make a good subject, a uh, good Marine for embassy duty. I never heard of embassy duty. I don't know what the heck it was. Yeah. But he, he went over a little bit about it and, and talked to Eddie, too, and, and Eddie and I decided to sign up for it while we were in Vietnam. And, of course, it's kind of hard to do the paperwork and all that, but he, he got it through and sent it to uh, uh, headquarters in Washington. And I did get selected for the program, and Eddie didn't. You know, I don't know why, uh, but Eddie, did, Eddie didn't get the program. So... Uh, after I came home, I came home for about a week. I shipped off to Washington, D.C. for embassy school. Mm-hmm. And Eddie went to California to, with a tank uh, battalion. Yeah. So, Wait, so you, how was, did you, how was Washington, D.C.? Well, uh, uh, Washington, D.C. was, uh, it was different, you know. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we train. It's just like uh, when I got into school. Yeah, no kidding. It's just like being back in boot camps. All spit and shine, spit and shine. Yeah. You had to spit shine those shoes. Your brass had to be shiny. Mm-hmm. You had to have that uh, old haircut right down to nothing. Uh, and of course, uh, in, in Vietnam, we we never. There'd, there'd be a, a week we wouldn't shave, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. How, but, t- how tall was Eddie? Eddie was about. Uh, he was about six foot two, yeah. Yeah, I say because I, I know like in the army they have the old guard, old guard that's in uh, Washington D.C. that yeah. does the, the funerals right, and everything. Right. But you have to be a certain height. Certain height. height. They want yeah. big guys right. to to represent the yeah. the army. Um, did you ever go to an embassy? Well, uh, I got uh, after embassy school. I got selected for a special organization called SSD, which is Special Security Detail. We uh, we uh, uh, provided security for foreign dignitaries in the United States, mm-hmm. and of course they they took away our we we didn't our uniform was suits we had suits and yeah. and we didn't wear uniforms or anything like that and we were issued uh, State Department credentials uh, and uh, we're pretty much uh, out of the military so to speak for for that year period that I was in that SSD and. We stayed busy. Uh, uh, we we covered so many foreign dignitaries coming in. We stayed pretty busy throughout that year. You have any good memories from? Oh yeah, uh, we. I was a. Uh, I was on the coverage to cover the cosmonauts when they came to visit the yeah. United States, uh, and uh, all we. I don't know how many prime ministers came uh, that 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 I covered or we picked up. We'd pick them up. We either picked them up when they came to the United States or we did the advanced security, you know, when we go to the hotel and look under the bed and scan everything, make sure everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, I had one of, one of the, the best uh, 
prime ministers that I had the uh, uh, privilege of, of of covering was was uh, uh, Imelda Marcos. I don't know if you remember. You probably don't remember. She was uh, her husband was the president of the Philippines, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and Imelda she loved to shop. And she'd come into the United States, and she'd she'd go to these shopping centers, and it would be ragged around <laughs> finding it. She she loved shoes. She bought tons of shoes, you know, and they shipped them back to the village. Yeah. But we'd be in there. But she was really great, you know. When we were set up in in the hotel, uh, you know, we had they had a we had a security desk at the door, and then we had a security desk down at the hall. Uh, to make sure we challenged anybody that came up there that we didn't recognize. But when Mrs. Marcos would come out, she'd always ask, you know, well, you guys need anything to eat, you know, and mm-hmm. oh, let me order you something, and you need some tea. or uh, she, and, and even though we said no, she'd order some food. Right. <laughs> she said, bring fruit or whatever up there. and and uh, But that was neat. The, the, the one time that I was really kind of a uh, – worried about her is she she come out one evening pretty late and her entourage didn't really want her to go but she wanted to go she come out of the, we were in hawaii then and she come out of that room and she was on a fast machine she's going somewhere well we had to jerk up our things you know we had machine guns and bags yeah. we jerked over stuff and run down and she got in her car and then it was her party and we jumped in a security car right behind her and run all over the place, and finally she found this big mall. I had no idea where it was. All I know is we were following her. But she jumped out of this car, and she ran this mall, and the first place she went with this big shoe. This big shoe deal. I bet she bought, uh, she bought, I bet she bought 50 pairs of shoes. You know, of course, she had her aides. They were bundled up with shoes, but that, that was that was a good time. She, uh, yeah, she uh, she got then. Then you know, they picked her up and they flew them back to the Philippines. But her name was Imelda Marcos, and she yeah. was really. Uh, I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed covering her. Was uh, Was Lyndon Johnson the president at this time, or was Nixon? It, it was Nixon, Nixon at this point. Yeah, we I, we I. Many times I could reached out and touch Nixon. That's how close we are. At yeah. the, we're at the White House. Because you know the guest always had to go to the White House, right? And then they stayed at the Blair House across from yeah. the White House, and we had a, a security set up there. Uh, they had regular Marines guarding the entrance, and of course they didn't know we were Marines <laughs> because we were sworn to secrecy. But mm-hmm. we were ordering him around, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the officer in charge we were giving him a hard time you know i don't think this <laughs> yeah but anyway <clears throat> they always uh they 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 you know they fed us there at the blair house at our station they'd bring in great food and and we'd uh we'd had to spend the night you know we had night duty and and great breakfast uh uh of course which kind of out of the way uh of, of the main people but if they left that blair house we were with them yeah you know they, they were with them and where did you live in washington D. alexander virginia do you have a house there we had a, we had a marine house there that okay. uh five marines stayed in we had five rooms it was a big big deal big complex but 
Yeah, right. There's a lot of protests going on during that time for the war. The war there, still there going. Was, there was the war was still going yeah. on exactly. There was a lot. Of, there was protests. You know, uh, the the, uh, the uh, Marines uh, that were in uniform. If they were out, they were sneered at, and, and mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, there, there was protests going on. And, and, you know, especially uh, there were protests when Marines come back from Vietnam. Yeah. They'd give you a hard time, you know, all kinds of threatening, you know, all kinds of slaying, baby killer and all this. But, you know, it, things changed. Uh, uh, when, when Vietnam veterans came back to the airports and what have you, uh, there, there were – they. They didn't receive a welcome home. They received protest and were uh, discredited, uh, and, and and it was just a, a bad, bad feeling. Uh, the, the protester would mock you, and and you'd call you all kinds of names, and you know here you'd been over, you'd been fighting for uh, twelve months or twenty-one months, and you come back to that. It was disheartening. Yeah. It was disheartening. But, you know, like I say, ch- things have changed now. You know, we have welcome home programs for for veterans coming back and that sort of thing. It was, when I came back from Afghanistan, it was completely 180 degrees different yeah. than what did, what you probably experienced coming back from Vietnam or what most Vietnam, Vietnam vets experienced. I, I, not only was I greeted at, in Maine, I got on another plane and got back to Texas and was greeted there again. Yeah. You know, hell, there was like a parade every time yeah, I got off the plane. Time, they just yeah. they made sure that we were treated yeah. differently. Absolutely. And I was really thankful I'm, for I'm that. I'm thankful for that, 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 that yeah. the mindset had changed. Yeah, because uh, you, you had to kind of run for cover if you got off the uh, mm-hmm. plane. If you were a veteran and got off the plane from, from Vietnam, they shunned you. Yeah. Mm. Well, how long were you in the Marines? Or what your military service was your military service up over the after that four, four and a half years after I uh, well after the after uh, the year at in the SSD uh, they sent me to embassy duty then mm-hmm. uh, and that was in Geneva Switzerland I was assigned to the United States mission there in Geneva because if you got to be in SSD. You got to pick where you wanted to go, and so I thought, "What the heck?" Let's go to Geneva, Geneva Switzerland. Yeah. <clears throat> I had no idea about all this. So, so yeah, I went to the uh, there at, at Geneva, Switzerland, to the U.S. mission. And of course, then we were back in uniform. Yeah, we were back in dress blues. How did you make the decision on the Switzerland deal? You must have heard good stories about it. They they have books. Yeah, uh, in the at the academy. Uh, at at the uh, where you go through the training, mm-hmm. and they have books on every embassy and what to expect, what it's like. Man, I went through a bunch of those books. Uh, you know, I thought once of going to Copenhagen, Denmark, uh, mm-hmm. but I thought, eh, what the heck? Geneva sounds interesting. It's, it sounded good in 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 the book. So that's I don't. Where I, got yeah, to I don't know if there had been a better place to go. <laughs> no. The, the guys that are, I was with at the time uh, in SSD uh, were, were uh, good friends, too. Uh, uh, Mike Tucker, uh, uh, Steve Lowry, and, and uh, those, those guys there, they all left, and they got to pick where they wanted. One of them went to Copenhagen, Denmark, mm-hmm. 
and uh, the other one went to, uh, oh, uh, where did he go? Uh, he went to some some place that he that he really uh, uh, that he re that was really good, uh, and he uh, he really uh, we stayed in contact with each mm -hmm. other when we were over there, and we'd go visit each other. Yeah. Uh, our uh, gunny would give us what's called basket leave, and you could go up there, and if you didn't get in any trouble, or anything, it was free, but you had your you had your uh, orders with you in case you had to. Had to show them to somebody, yeah, you know, and so we all. I went all the way to Copenhagen, Denmark, and and uh, visited Steve, and then uh, we we, uh, you know, we'd visit each other. Uh, they came down and, and visited me in in Geneva, and uh, it was a, it was a good time. It was a good the duty. The duty was a. Sometimes we're a little short-handed mm -hmm. in the embassy, and it had to be two Marines on duty at all times. And uh, the, at our uh, compound there, our, we lived in a villa. We lived about, I don't know, seven or eight miles from the U.S. Uh, embassy. We had a cook, uh, and and uh, they were uh, six of us there, six or set, six, maybe six Marines, seven Marines. But we had two people had to be on duty all the time. So that was kind of a uh, uh, strenuous at a, yeah. at a time. What rank were you when you were doing I was a that? sergeant. Sergeant. Yeah. Yeah, I was a sergeant. So that was a lot different, though, than that first day in the Marines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was night and day. It was night and day. <laughs> Geneva, Switzerland, obviously beautiful mountains everywhere. Beautiful mountains. We went, we went uh, snow skiing at Mount St. Sarah. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know how to oh my ski. gosh I had yeah. no idea how to ski you know and I about killed myself but uh, some of the rings there did know how to ski and they were like you know, they got a good laugh out of me yeah but I finally learned how to go down the little slopes you know and yeah. and, and uh, how to break and all that <laughs> but, it's pizza slice but yeah. yeah yeah all right so what why'd you decide to get out of the marine I wanted to go back to school. As a matter of fact, uh, I got out uh, the Marines in August, and I started back to Tyler Junior College uh, uh, in September. So I didn't waste any time. I, I knew that I wanted to go ahead and get get my degree, and uh, I just I went to school a day and night through summer and everything. I, you know, I graduated in three and a half years. Yeah, I, I, went, I went from uh, Tyler Junior College to transferred to University of Texas at mm -hmm. Arlington, mm -hmm. and finished up there would you would you graduate I, I had my degrees in uh, criminal justice administration and what would you what was your first job Dallas Police Department that's my first job yeah where how many years in Dallas Police Department I spent uh, four years there and then I transferred down to Dallas County District Attorney's Office and was a district attorney investigator there for 14 years and then I uh, one of the district judges that that I worked in his court uh, made uh, uh, well one of the prosecutors that I worked for made district judge and when he made district judge he asked me to come down in his as his coordinator so it was more money a good bit more money so I I, I uh, came down from uh, the district attorney's office into the district court it, you don't change retirement and everything nothing mm -hmm. nothing your time in service with the county stays the same you know you still accumulate 
time in the county and, and the pay you just get a, a pay raise you just get a bigger bigger yeah. pay raise but yeah I came down there and was a coordinator for him his name was Judge Keith Dean he's still he's retired but he still sits mostly in Denton County but uh, I stayed there and I stayed there for another 10 to 12 years and then the the district courts manager's job came open and uh, that's working for all the 17 district judges and you know the budget and and all that and so I decided to apply for that and the district judges hired me for that so I was that's what I was before I retired I was a criminal district uh, criminal district court manager we, and that that basically you you managed, you had 25 people you kind of uh, was supervised over the the court reporters and the other uh, coordinators and you managed the budget of each court you submitted budget for them and and whatever they needed you seen to that you kept up with all the statistics and things of that nature when you were at Dallas police mm-hmm. what was your patrol where where were you at they sent me to south dallas yeah. uh, out of out of uh, out of academy and of course that's the worst place you could go the mm-hmm. the, the crime ridden the projects were all there uh it didn't take me long to get a lot of experience on writing aggravated assault reports and arresting uh, uh, people, uh, you know, uh, murderers. Uh, and this is 1975? Th- that, that was 1975. Yeah. What, uh, what advice would you give a high school kid wanting to be in Marine Corps? Well, I think that... Uh, kids now that that want to go into military need to look at all their options you know they there's there's a all these uh different military branches are trying to recruit you know mm-hmm. the coast guard the army the air force marines i think you just got to look at all your options to see what what you what you can get into that's going to benefit you when you get out mm-hmm. and no, used to the marines there was pretty much nothing in the marines <laughs> That would benefit you when you got out, but but the Marines have changed now. Uh, they've got uh, a lot of uh, uh, technology, uh, communications, uh, uh, aviation, uh, and and different things now that uh, you can get into in the Marines, and they'll actually, uh, you know, you can sign a contract, you know, that you, you're going to be in this. You sign a contract for five years, and you get to go into this. Uh, so I, I think now uh, with with with, uh, with what the Marine Corps has to offer, I, I, I think I'd still stick with the Marine Corps because you, you're going to get really the a good solid uh, training in discipline, mm-hmm. and and uh, that's going to benefit you uh, for a lifetime. It does. It does. It's not yeah. fun when you're going through it, no. but it. I you know I can, I know that I'm. I have this discipline built into me from my time in the military that absolutely. helps me in everything everything absolutely uh, <clears throat> so after you retired from police department you've always yep. lived in canton though i have always uh, my wife and i janice we mm-hmm. we drove back and forth to dallas for 31 years mm-hmm. uh and of course we went through a lot of tires and cars but uh we we made it back and forth and she retired from Mobile, uh, well, Exxon Mobil, uh, uh a year before I did, and then I, I 
drove back and forth by myself for a year uh, before I retired from Dallas County. Where did you and Janice meet? I met Janice after I got out of the Marine Corps. Uh, she was, uh, her sister was married to my brother Brent. Mm-hmm. And that's how I met her. Uh, we we dated some and and on and off. And that's that's basically how I met her. Finally, I ended up marrying her. <laughs> yeah. She's just, a, she's a better part of my life. Uh, and and uh, she really is, she's uh, sweet. Uh, she, she's a, uh, She's really great, I tell you. you know, she is, no doubt, the, the better part of, of our marriage. She's solid. Yeah, she is. She keeps me straight. You know, I met Ashley, my wife, at your house on yeah, the year yeah. uh, New Year's Eve, year 2000. Um, you raised your nephew, Chase. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Chase Melton and I are really good friends and grew up together. And he had a... He had a uh, new year's eve party and him him and ashley were lifeguards together at the country club and she was over there and chase invited me and that's where we first met and uh so i always thank you for that yeah (laughs) yeah we we had you know we had a few parties there at the house chase and i always had a few friends over yeah i remember ashley i remember y'all being out there you know yeah uh but (laughs) (laughs) it was good times yeah You've, how long have you been a uh, Van Zant County Commissioner? Well, uh, here, here's r- really how that happened. Uh, in, in 2006, uh, I started thinking about running for the Commissioner of Precinct 2 because, uh, you know, I just didn't think the, the county government was up to par and it could use some improvement. I had some knowledge to improve it. Mm-hmm. And and they, there was no plan on, on repairing and fixing roads in Precinct 2, and I knew I could develop a plan for that. Mm-hmm. So I ran in, in 2006, uh, and I ran against uh, David Reisner, who was, a, who was the uh, commissioner then, and, and, and I won. I won, uh, I won the election in... in uh, uh, and I took off. I, I never missed a day of work. I remember I retired from uh, Dallas County uh, December the 30th, 2006, and I was sworn in as, as a commissioner on January the 1st. So <laughs> I never missed no a day. <laughs> I never missed a day's work. I went right to work. Yeah. But I, I've been a commissioner now 14 years. Precinct yeah. 2, uh, Canton is divided into four four uh precincts yeah and um yeah Vincent county is divided into four, four precincts, precincts. Yeah. and precinct two is the uh which one is it south For precinct two covers most of south Vincent county mm-hmm. uh it's a, it's the largest precinct and we we have the most county roads of any other precinct by 50 miles but it uh it does cover uh from canton south all the way to uh, maybank to the Vincent county we uh, we uh, bump up against uh, Henderson County boundary uh, on mm-hmm. the south side, and Kaufman County on the west side. So yeah, it's it's fairly big. How long are you? <clears throat> two year term or four year term? Four year. Four year term. Elections? Do the elections ever get any easier, or is it? You know, uh, you always. Uh, you know, I've I've had one election uh, 
where I didn't have anybody, I didn't have an opponent. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time I've had opponents. And, you know, I, and that's fine with me because I do my own thing. I know yeah. how to run. I just, I know how to, uh, what I'm going to do. And I've got a plan and I just talk to people about the plan, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's times when people disagree with what I do and, and I understand that. But most of the time, I, I, I've got a plan. I, I'm going to run again in, in two years, and I've, I've got more projects that I've got to do. I've, I, I, I go for these grants that, that, uh, that, uh, uh, that build bridges. We, I've, we've, I think I've, right now that there's probably somewhere around 15 bridges that I've replaced with big uh, – Texas Department of Transportation bridges, big concrete bridges through a grant process mm -hmm. that I apply for. And I know that procedure, and, and we've got a lot of new bridges in Precinct uh, 2, and we're working. They're going to build. I've seen a big one uh, <coughs> by Highway, I don't know if this is Precinct 2, Highway 19, that county road by 858, uh, kind of over there by... Uh, the road that goes to Martin's Mill, 858. 858, yeah. There's a county road down there. They got a brand new, beautiful uh, concrete bridge. Yeah. Is that Precinct 2? Well, yeah. I think you're talking about the one uh, just west of that uh, that got a brand new concrete bridge. Yep, just west of yeah. 858. Yeah. It's not on 858. Right. It's just west of Yeah, 19. that's on uh, yeah. 20, uh, 2918. County Road 2918 yeah. is a brand new, brand new bridge. And uh, I've got two. I've got three that's coming. In. I got two that's coming in this next year, uh, 2021, on oh uh, on the uh, China Grove Road. You know mm -hmm. where China Grove mm -hmm. is. Uh, that's about a three mile road. It runs. Uh, it runs from 1256 all the way to 1861. Uh, three miles in there. We're gonna once I get those bridges in there, we're gonna overlay that with asphalt because it's one of the last roads that I need to really get fixed up to par, but the rest of the roads are good, pretty All, good. Most of the roads, I don't know hardly any roads in Van Zandt County that are not paved, that are not paved. You go to another county and you go out in the county roads and they're, they're gravel roads mm -hmm. and they're dirt roads. Yeah. So I think, all things considered, we have some good roads in Van Zandt yep. County. We now, do. they get potholes because there's tractors, there's yeah. trucks, there's Absolutely. there's things that happen to them. Right. Um, but it's it's hard to maintain all There's a lot of roads. A lot of roads. Well, 325 miles, think about it, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, and, and I have a crew. I have a great crew. I brag on them all the time. And a great foreman, Daryl Easley. He's been my foreman uh, for several years, and he's... He's just great. Uh, he's also the best blade man in East Texas. But uh, I have uh, seven guys, and we we get we have detail. I meet them every morning about 6:45 or somewhere around close to seven o'clock. And Daryl and I sit down in in my office, and we figure out what we're going to do that day. Yeah. And uh, so seven seven guys take care. Of, you yeah. Know, of those 325 roads. miles of road. Yeah. <laughs> That's a job yeah, right there. It is a job. Well, Virgil Melton Jr., thank you for being on this show. I want to thank you for your service to the United States of America, from my generation to yours. Thank you. Um, thank you for being a part of CrossFit Van Zandt. Thank you for raising Chase and providing a place for us to uh, hang out. I met my wife there. Uh, 
I've enjoyed. I learned so much this this last hour and a half we've been talking. I never knew about you. <laughs> uh, and, well, I want to thank you for your service. Uh, you know, you your military service. Uh, it's it's to go to West Point, graduate from West Point. That's no easy task, and uh, I appreciate you for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, it's been a pleasure. When's the election? You got two years till you run again. Got two years when I run again. Commissioner, yeah. uh, Precinct be, 2, Van Zandt yeah. County. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, guys, right. and it was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Chase Melton, Chase. Uh, Virgil's nephew, is a good friend of mine, good great, guy. great guy. He's uh, works for Maybank ISD, but he's, he's running for city council in the city of Canton. And election's going on right now when you're, when you're voting for the president. Uh, consider Chase Melton for city council. Thank you, guys, and uh, I'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye.